Hey, this is senior swimming and volleyball captain Timothy Jimenez, and you're listening to the State of the Marauders podcast, sponsored by D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state for high school sports. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the State of the Marauders podcast, where we will cover everything about your St. Peter's Prep Marauders. This week, we are going to recap the hockey season and preview the wrestling season as they started this past Saturday against West Essex. We're also going to have a couple special guests who will join the State of Mars Hotline this week, and Rich Hansen will be on for another segment of the AD's Corner as we talk about a sweep, yes, a sweep from Prep Athletics as a whole. So stay tuned for that. As always, you can listen to us on Apple, on Spotify, on Anchor, you name it. We are there, so be sure to search State of the Marauders or click on our social media profile at SOT Marauders to see all of the exclusive Marauder content. As always, I am your host, Renato Rodriguez, along with my excellent and gracious co-host, Chris Emerald, Jay Post. Guys, how are we feeling this week? Well, it was a good week so far. All, in, all things considered, you know, midterm week for me, so that was a little rough at the start, but for prep athletics and... I mean, athletics in general, we got March Madness this weekend. Obviously, for me, some nice Wake Forest developments. And the Marauders, I mean, it couldn't be stopped this week. We've got some very good programs in this to start off this spring window, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, good, it's a good day to watch some basketball, sit back, enjoy. My back bracket might get busted if uh, Loyola Chicago pulls us out. But, you know, go Jesuit school, so I'll take it. You know, Wisconsin is... Going to be decembered by Baylor later today, unless they win, in which case we are the greatest team the nation has ever seen and are going to win a national title. <laughs> um, but, you know, hopefully it's just we're just going to get some good basketball because realistically everyone's bracket is to some degree busted at this point. So I really don't think anyone's pursuing a, you know, a good bracket. The winner of my challenge, at least, is going to be whoever loses the least. So I think that's the mentality you just got to approach the rest of these games with. Like, you know, none of these games are going to be games that decide any perfect brackets, so let's just have fun. And I know I know my brackets are pretty much busted, but my, my main competition every year is always be my dad. That's always my competition. Right now my dad's beat me by, by, by two, two, two points, I think, so we'll see what happens, but yeah. Bra- bra- I love the brackets. Brackets are my thing. They just, I, I love March Madness every year. It's, it's fantastic. So, as we have mentioned throughout the season, right, the hockey team what was young and what they didn't get the results that they wanted. They, they, they were a very happy bunch in a year like, like, like this with all the COVID protocols and everything that's happened with the pandemic. They're, they're happy to just get their season completed. And we have a very special guest from the hockey team this week. We have senior captains Jake Pereira and Casey Trubner as they join us on the State of Mars Highline. And they get to talk with, not me this week, with Kevin Connolly, class of 2016, a D1 Media Pro. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the interviews. Welcome to the State of the Marauders Hotline, sponsored by Siabra's Market, located on 1315 Galloping Hill Road in Union, New Jersey. You'll find a huge variety of products in our stores, from the freshest fruit and vegetables to the tastiest meat and fish. Visit your local Siabra's Market store today. 
here with St. Peter's Prep hockey captain Jake Barrera. Jake, thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. Obviously, it was a wild year. You've had experience now playing in a COVID year and a non-COVID year. What were the biggest challenges in just handling all the protocols this year? Well, uh, the whole season's been a bit of a roller coaster. We managed to make it through the whole season with zero positive COVID cases on the team, which was pretty great. But a lot of our games got rescheduled, and Coach did a great job uh, rescheduling them so we could play. Well, we started off the season with a couple injured players, so we didn't really have a, a veteran core group for the team in the beginning. So we had to get a bunch of younger athletes in our hockey program to move up to the varsity level, but they did a great job adapting to a faster-paced game. So, uh, yeah. And one of those games you talk about, obviously, the highlight of your guys' this season. Not only that, I mean, it was one of the biggest upsets across the state this year when you guys were able to beat St. Joe's. Talk me through before that game. What was your what was your guys' mentality going into that game, and did it change or evolve as the game progressed and you guys jumped out to a lead? Well, during the St. Joe's game, um, we knew that we had to go into the game playing our our type of hockey, not their type of hockey. We couldn't get involved in what they would do to us. We would have to stay as a team, and we'd have to play as uh, hard as we can for uh, 45 minutes straight. We really needed to pull off this win, so we started off with uh, a good pace in the first and second period, uh, putting in two goals. It worked very well, and our defense played outstanding to help support our goaltender. And when it was tied game, 2-2, only a couple seconds left. Our forwards really gave it their all, and we popped the third one right in the net. And uh, we successfully took the first win, and we moved on to our second game after that and uh, won that kind of a yeah. winning shoot. Yeah, I was going to say, after that, you guys got a, got on a little bit of a roll because you beat Northern Highlands, a team that had beat you earlier in the year, and you were able to respond in another game where you got you dug yourself a little bit of an early hole but then came back and came away with a big win. So then – what what about senior night? Obviously, you were a senior captain. You guys beat Paramus. Um, what was your emotions before that game? And that was another game where it really went back and forth for almost the entire game. Well, uh, we knew we had to keep playing no matter what, even if uh, everything started to go sideways or if it stayed on pace with us. It was pretty interesting. Uh, three of our players, uh, Enzo, Joe, and Ryan, getting their first varsity goals, which was uh, pretty great. You know, I've seen them provide a bunch of hard uh, hard work and outstanding effort on the team. So it was really great seeing them do uh, amazing on the ice that day. <laughs> being being able to actually have a senior night due to COVID was great. Uh, and we had zero positive COVID cases on the team. It was outstanding. The underclassmen parents and the coaches really gave us a memorable night. And to be honest, with the way the whole year has been, it was something we all needed towards the end of the year. And so I know the typical thing for a St. Peter's prep hockey player is you play a lot of your games at the hockey house, the Prudential Center uh, practice rink for the New Jersey Devils. And you guys only got to play one game there. I know you guys uh, played St. Augustine. It didn't go your way, but uh, mm -hmm. just what was that experience like? Because I'm sure you thought there was a chance you could have played more games there, but given because of the COVID protocols in the year, uh, you didn't get the chance to play that many games there. Well, being able to see a bunch of parents and spectators in the stands uh, really brought a sense of normality to the team. And uh, we were just happy we actually finally got to play there. But 
mainly Secaucus was our base of operations. Yeah, and I know it's not the nicest place to play. I know you won't say that, but I'll, I'll say it for you. <laughs> I'll say it for you. But uh, Jake, uh, great year. Thanks for the time and uh, good luck in all your future endeavors. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Appreciate it. Here with St. Peter's Prep Hockey Captain Casey Trupner. Casey, thanks for taking the time. So you've obviously played now high school hockey in non-COVID years and now in a COVID year. What was the biggest difference between the years of non-COVID first playing and this year with COVID? I would say the biggest difference is just the availability of the different teams. We had at least, I know, three teams cancel on us because they either had COVID or played against teams who had COVID. So I was really glad that our team didn't have any cases of COVID and we weren't shut down for two weeks. And it really made the season better because we were able to play much more than other teams were able to play. Now, one of those games you guys had was against St. Joe's, and it was the first win you guys picked up this year, but it was also one of the biggest upsets across the state this season. What was what was that game like? It was a very competitive game, to say the least. It was a great win for us, first win of the season, which was very exciting. The shenanigans by our dressing area were definitely through the roof after that game. As I said, it was very competitive, and unfortunately, I was actually ejected from the game because of an incident between me and the other St. Joe's captain. And that was a major bummer, but I'm just really glad that the team got the win. That's all that really matters. Now, you guys were able to double down on that game. You came again in your next game against Northern Highlands, and you were able to get a uh, comeback victory. So just what was that like building a winning streak and seeing your team turn a corner and play really well towards the end of the year? Now, it's always important to actually start winning, of course. Obviously, that's the entire like aspect of playing sports is to win. And just to see that major turnaround that late in the season was really good because it would have really sucked to go the entire season uh, winless and uh, the entire team just kind of spiraled downhill, which thankfully did not. So that was a very, very important, I would say, just emotional boost and a boost for the team. And what was senior night like? You guys played Paramus. You obviously had the pregame festivities before puck drop. And then that was a game where it was really up and down, a lot of action. You guys were able to uh, hold on and pull away in the third period. Talk to me about what that experience was like. Yeah, so senior night, of, of course, it's very special to all the seniors and seeing all the underclassmen parents and all the underclassmen standing on the blue line and kind of like cheer us on. That was a really good farewell to all the seniors who've been through a lot the past four years, actually going through prep, both academically and athletically. And it was really good. That game was also very competitive, just like our games against Northern Highlands and St. Joe's, because it was a very high scoring game. It was going back and forth. And fortunately, we were able to come out on top and get the win. Now, just in closing, I know probably one of the disappointing things about this COVID year for you and the rest of your team You guys weren't able to play as much at the Prudential Center practice arena where the Devils practice. You had one game there against St. Augustine. I know it didn't turn out your way. You guys played a lot of games at Sea Caucus. Uh, What was it like playing at the Prudential Center this season, although it was only you only had one game there? Yeah, so the Prudential Center, it's one of the nicest rings that I've played at, of course, because it's owned by the Devils. And to be honest, I don't really see a major difference as long as we're putting in the work. It doesn't really matter what our ring situation is. Since we're putting in the work, we're getting in that time on ice. That's really all that mattered to me. And I'm pretty sure that's really all that matters to the team. 
Well, Casey, thanks for the time and best of luck to you and all your future endeavors. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Kevin, for the interviews. And thank you again to Jake and Casey for taking the time to come on this week. So let's talk about the hockey team moving forward, guys. The youth movement is still going to continue, as we've been talking about, right? We have seven seniors graduating, right? So that's not compared to, to normal team. That's really not that many seniors graduating. And they get the leading point guys back in Jack Fisher, the Bankovitzes, Enzo Campano, and Corey Robinson, right? They're coming back. So, so what are you guys thinking about this youth movement going forward? Obviously, this year was not the year the Marauders were looking for, but... In terms of losses, you're not having the same level of departures in terms of point contribution and playtime contribution to this team that you had in the previous two years where, I mean, my senior year, almost the, I think it was the five of the top six and five of the top six forwards and like five of the defensemen graduated then the next year you had your whole first line and I think two on your second line. Both goalies graduated my year, so you had to get new guys to step in. It's always tricky to try and reload when you lose that many guys with varsity experience and you have to you know, rely on JV guys. But this year, you're going to have – obviously, you got to replace both goaltenders and those two guys really kept the Marauders in a lot of games this year. Right. Uh, but you know, in terms of points – even though as a team you didn't score a whole lot this year, most of the guys that did score for you are still going to be around next year. And that's something that you couldn't really say for the past couple teams. So, I mean, you're going to be looking at some, obviously some new looks in, in net. JV goalies, Santo Petroselli, Michael Lomanovich, and Emmett Wilson. None of them have played varsity. That was the same way mm. uh, with, I think, Jimmy Gallagher. My apologies, Jimmy. I just can't remember your last name. That's on me. I think they both came up after the year after I graduated and that was, I mean, they were both pretty solid, but it was a struggle trying to adjust to the varsity game. There were some games last year. I'm sure that both guys would have wished to have back. So, I mean, it's a tough adjustment for those kids, but uh, you keep many of the same guys in front of them. I mean, you know, compared to years past where that wasn't the case, uh, I think you're in a much better place than you were in the last couple of years in terms of retention. And, and Jay, talk to us about the, the tough schedule for the Marauders. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously you don't really see the schedule until the actual start of the season, so we'll probably have to wait, you know, right. eight months or so for that. But, you know, presuming they re-enter the Gordon Conference, if they do, it's going to be, you know, a real rough schedule. I mean, every year the Gordon Conference consistently is, without a doubt, the toughest, you know, conference to play in the state. I don't think that's a – like a disputable statement. It's a, you know, pretty much proven year in, year out that, you know, the Gordon conference is where the, you know, where the best teams play. You know, you look at the teams they played this year, you know, you look at the standings, you look at Gloucester, Gloucester Catholic, Bergen Catholic, Don Bosco, CBA, Del Barton. Those are the, that's the American conference alone. And it's stacked. And then you look at teams like St. Augustine, Seton Hall, St. Joe's Montville, you got to win over this year, you know, Pope John, these are the every, you know, St. Peter's Prep is going to have to play a combination of those teams, and every single one of those teams can beat you in their own right, and every one of those teams can contend for being one of the best teams in the state on their day. So I, it's just a really rough slate to come up against, and obviously you can schedule non-conference games to kind of pad the load, but at the end of the day is, at the end of the day, the the, the bulk of the schedule that you're going to have to eat through is going to be, you know, a, a 
death row of some of the state's top teams. So, you know, you really got to kind of figure out what the level is during the season. And for the Marauders team this year, it was a you know, rude awakening and last year. But if they play that schedule again, hopefully they'll be a bit more acclimated to the style of play and acclimated to the level and a bit more successful. I want to say thank, thank you to all the seniors who, who contributed to the program. Great job for everything you've done. Shout out to Jake and Casey once again for their leadership to the team as well. And we'll see what happens this time next year. But for now, we bid adieu to the hockey team. Sayonara. Now, let's preview the wrestling season. And they started off this week with their match against West Exes, as I mentioned in the beginning. And expectations are really high for this program. They are bringing back five state qualifiers for next season and a couple of high-potential freshmen as well. So we talked with head coach Anthony Verdi, who joined the State of the Marauders Highline this week, to talk about his squad. So so let's take a listen to what Coach Verdi had to say. Welcome to the State of the Marauders Hotline, sponsored by Siabra's Market, located on 1315 Galloping Hill Road in Union, New Jersey. You'll find a huge variety of products in our stores, from the freshest fruit and vegetables, to the tastiest meat and fish, visit your local Siabra's Market store today. I am here with wrestling head coach Anthony Verdi. Anthony, welcome to the podcast, and how, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm excited for wrestling season. <laughs> and, and we got some, some bad news to start off with, unfortunately, and the news that we received in last week's episode that your planned opener on Hoboken on Tuesday was postponed. So what did you make of the news when you received it, and, and how did, did the team react as a whole? Well, we expected going into the year that th this stuff was going to happen, right? So it, it, was, it wasn't a matter of if, if it could happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. Obviously, we didn't want it to be <laughs> the first match of the year. We wanted to get off the ground, you know, on a, on a, good, on a good note and start out positive. But, it's, you know, it happens. You know, it wasn't a complete shock, but it was disappointing, obviously. And then, you know, when I told the team the other day, when it became official on Saturday, and I told the team, they were disappointed that we couldn't compete tomorrow, but again, you know, we have a match on, on Saturday, so it's not the end of the world. And, you know, number one priority is to, is to make sure everybody's safe and healthy and, and we get through the next six weeks. So let's, let's talk about the team as a whole. You have a couple of key wrestlers returning to the year. You got Hudson County, wrestler of the year from last year, Sean Mandero. You got Pat Adams, Donovan Chavis, Felix Ledeny, and Angel Palicki. So, so talk to the fan base about what are you expecting out of those five guys in particular, since they are all returning state qualifiers. Yeah, so so all five of them were returning state qualifiers. They all came up a little short in uh, in their in their journey to a state medal last year. But I get you know the, the experience that they bring into this year is you know is great, and you know we're expecting them to 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 be the anchor to our lineup for sure, especially Sean and Pat. Sean and Pat have been, you know, uh, you know, they're four-year guys. That, you know, they're seasoned. Um, you know, I'm glad that we're able to have have a season um, and and give them a chance to to get that state medal that's been eluding them for a couple of years. And hopefully, we'll be able to get to that point in a few weeks to to have the individual season like they have planned. But I'm looking for exciting things out of those five guys, especially. You know, they they they've been putting in the work, and because they've been putting in the work, it, uh, I'm happy that that they actually have a chance to to wrestle this year. So who, who, who are some other wrestlers that the fans should know about? I know we talk about those five in particular, but who are some, some, some other known names that the, that the fans should know about? 
Yeah, so so uh, you mentioned Rendiro, Rendiro Adams, Polici, Chavis, and Latini. We have you know a junior, an up and coming junior, Yogo Montavo, who uh, was in our lineup a little bit last year, and um, you know after DJ uh, DJ had an injury that that took out most of his season. Diogo stepped in there at 113 and, and did a nice job for us, and he'll be back in that in that weight class again this year. So he's a strong kid. He's improving. He has improved every year. He is improve. He's improving day by day, actually. So I, I'm looking for him to to really step up and and give us a lot of help in the lineup. Another returning varsity wrestler at 145 or 152 is Mike Pastana. He's a senior. He's another guy that has uh, that has put in the work this this offseason. He was in and out of our lineup last year, so he'll be in a consistent, more of a consistent role this year for us. So, with the consistency in his matches, I think uh, hopefully we have some consistency. But uh, I think he can, I think he can, you know, stand out for us in the middle. And then you know, Roger Diaz, who is another returning varsity varsity guy, a couple of year varsity guy for us, will be uh, will be at 160, maybe 170 sometimes. And he was just short of placing in the region tournament and qualifying for states last year. So he's he's almost at that at that level where he could you know he could break through and be a state qualifier for this, us this year. And then we have uh, two incoming freshmen that are going to really help us out: Jake Tallarico, at 106, and and JJ Fuller, who will be slotted around 138 or uh, 32, or depend, <laughs> depending on how our lineup <laughs> shakes out. So. So it seems like based upon what you're telling me, this is, there's some pretty high expectations for this team this year. So as of this episode, you guys are just outside the NJ.com top 20. So so what are your expectations as a whole for the team this year? You know, my my expectations are, uh, you know, for them to 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 wrestle their best and show what, you know, show what we have on the mat. You know, we're, we're pretty young in the upper weights or inexperienced in the upper weights. So the strength of our lineup is that 106 through, through 160 region. And, you know, I, I think some younger guys obviously need to step up. Us being outside the top 20 is not, it's not a big deal. You know, it, 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 for us, it's, it's, you know, we were outside the top 20 to start last season too. And uh, I think we made it as high as like 11 or 12 at some point, you know, we had some, some nice wins. So the rankings are great, you know, when you're, when you're there and when you're not there, they just their motivation. And I think we'll take them as motivation, especially our, 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 our veterans. They've been used to that, you know, kind of not getting the the credit where where we deserve initially, and then fighting for it. And and maybe it's justly so. Maybe we just have to still prove ourselves. But the main goal and expectation this year is to complete the season healthy, get our guys who are, uh, you know, looking for those individual titles to to this to the region and state tournament at the end of the season, and and finish it out. So you've also have a pretty tight schedule in terms of opponents, a lot of top opponents in the state. So with a young squad like this, what's going to be the challenge as a team goes to face off against all these top opponents like Del Barton, St. Joe's Regional, teams like that? Well, I mean, I guess the challenge is, is going to be to, you know, just to kind of embrace that, embrace that, that, that challenge itself. Like you said, it's a, it is, a, it's going to be a challenge embrace the fact that we're competing against the top teams in the state. We don't have a, a schedule like we would normally have under the conditions that we have, uh, you know, with, with uh, the season being short and limited dual meets and no tournaments. We have to wrestle our, our county opponents in, in 
uh, one by one rather than in, in a uh, dual meet tournament. So our schedule was kind of limited into what we could do. So I tried to schedule the best teams we could. Uh, scheduling is very difficult in wrestling season this year because of all other school districts and school uh, limitations that they had and who they could schedule. So uh, we got the best that we could. I thought it was important for us as a team uh, to continue that, you know, just, just always seeking out the best competition, but also as individuals in that they, that they're getting the best competition they can to prepare them for the, uh, for the end of the year. And lastly, do you have anything that you would like to say to all the Marauder faithful listening out there? Yeah, you know, normally I would say come out to the barn and, and, and cheer us on and, and pack the house. But I know this year we can't pack the house, but we'll be live streaming those home matches and we'll do our best to get those matches up on, on social media live and, and things like that. And we encourage everybody to just, you know, buy into prep wrestling and, and get excited for us. You know, we're going we're gonna to be good for a while. So I hope the school rallies behind us. And that was wrestling head coach Anthony Lurdy. Anthony, thank you once again for coming on this week's episode of the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So thank you, Anthony, for joining us this week. So, guys, let, let, let's talk about how the wrestling team opened up their season as they took on West Access at the barn. And, boy, did they make an opening statement for sure, defeating them 37-18. to 18. And the Marauders won five consecutive bouts to obtain victory. Okay, so let's recap those five bouts really quick. They started off at the 120-pound weight class with returning sophomore state qualifier Donovan Chavis getting the pen and the six points. So he had six points for pen, ladies and gentlemen. All right, this is my first wrestling meet that I actually watched. So six points for a pinfall. So to make it... 15 to 12 in favor of the Marauders after being down 12 to 9. So, so great job by Donovan there. Then we head into the 126 pound weight class with senior returning state qualifier Pat Adams getting the 5 3 decision. All right, so for decision, it's three points. So now it was 18 to 12 in favor of the Marauders. And the, the bout of the day, and pretty much the one that turned the tie for this one, was. When freshman Jonathan Fuller won in overtime, 3-2, great bow back and forth between him and the rest of his opponent. And they got, they gave, that gave the Marauders a 21-12 lead, which they, that's all they needed at that point. Senior state qualifier Sean Madera, 138, right? He continues to dominate his opponent. He got the pen, makes it 27-12. And then at 145 to end up, Junior Felix Lenny got the huge four-point major decision. Yes, so so a major decision would be like you dominate your opponent, but you don't get a pinfall. So that was a huge four-point swing there. Mars were up 31 to 12, and they never looked back after that. So 37 to 18 was your final. Great job by the Mars starting off 1-0 in the season. Let's go. Great job wrestling. And I want to just give a quick shout-out. To the other freshman on the varsity team, Jake Talrico, for his first victory. He won via decision at 106. So great job by him. And to have Jake and Jonathan Fuller make the varsity debuts and to get those results is a very good look for the program for sure. And then other winners include Roger Diaz at 170, Antonio Villa Toro at 182. And Martin Manetti at 220. So 
the key to the Marauders this year was in the lower classes to dominate there, but to get those upper upper tier victories as well with Antonio and Martin at 182-220, very good job by them. They take on Bayonne at the barn on Monday. Very good win for the wrestling team. Let's clap it up, guys. Clap it up for wrestling. Great job. All right. Jay, talk to us about what happened in swimming this week. I, I heard there was some good news. What happened? Yeah, good week for swimming, say the least. Uh, two top 20 victories. So uh, you can't really ask for much more than that. Go. Yes. Open, opened up with 91-79 uh, win over number 10, St. Joe's Metuchen. Another school record broken. Kevin Whitworth took down the uh, 100 freestyle record set by Will Brown. Mike Delane had tied that record previously. Kevin put up a time of 46.50 to win it. He also won the 100 backstroke with uh, 53.28. Timothy Jimenez, Evan Briggs, Henry Brown, Kevin Whitworth also put together a strong 200 medley relay, which won Henry Brown in the 50 freestyle on the 100 butterfly with uh, 21.54 and 53.79, respectively. Tim Fiannanez, David Stolinski, Kristen Ramache, Kevin Whitworth all won the 400 freestyle relay with 3.18.70. The second win, they beat number 19, Del Barton, 92-78. So another big win for the program. Henry Brown, you know, uh, broke another school record with uh, the 50 freestyle at 21.4 seconds. He did not win that event, but he would win the 100 butterfly at 54-74. The relay team of Brown, Jimenez, Briggs, and Whitworth would win in the 200 medley relay at 137-84. Some other winners include Christian Ramache at the 200 individual medley with 203.99. Kevin Whitworth won the 100 freestyle with 48.33. Evan Briggs won the 100 breaststroke at 103.46. Evan Briggs, David Swinsky, Christian Ramache, and Kevin Whitworth combined to win the 200 freestyle relay with 131.81. They're now 9-0 on the season and will face... Bergen Catholic, number 11, at the Anatelli Center, New Jersey's premier heating uh, store with the uh, <laughs> season on the line, uh, the AC off the line, and uh, against number 11, Bergen Catholic. And, yes, they're going to end the season against number 11, Bergen Catholic. And if they were able to win this matchup, we could see the Marauders maybe, maybe sneak into the top five. Maybe. Edgy.com, if you're listening, I, I think they, they should have some consideration to the top five. I'm just putting it out there. Pat Lanny, sleeper agent. We need you now. Listen, Pat does the wrestling stuff. Don't, 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 don't get mad at him. The swimming. He Pat, top I, five. I'm gonna go off script a bit. We teased this before. Can we put in a Pat Lanny rank number one line on the t-shirts we'll make when we claim a state title? <laughs> well, listen, listen. When, 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 when we, when we <laughs> talk, when we number listen, one in the states, number one in Lonnie's hearts. Listen, Pat, listen. When we, we when, 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 when we when we talk with Pat at the end of the wrestling season, then we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that with him. Don't worry, we'll do that. We'll uh, we'll ask him for some for some votes. We need to, we like he's our man on the inside now. You know the engine.com media conglomerate is a very rough one, notoriously. Listen, we there's no state title this year. There's no repercussions. So we're gonna claim it. <laughs> we're so we're gonna claim it. it. That's ours. Yeah. What are they gonna do? Challenge us? What can they do? We are a podcast. Right, boys, <laughs> let's get this job done, huh? I hate Bergen Catholic. I know all of you hate Bergen Catholic. So a message from me and probably Braden Shivas. I'll ask him for a message at some point, maybe. Close it out, fellas. Big Amen. Brad would want you to. Amen to that. Amen give to us that. some give us some UCF vibes, you know, the the team yeah. that's undefeated, they they you know they they didn't get a shot to play the best, so they're just gonna say they would have won, and yeah, uh, everyone and that's fair, and, and I, they, I agree. as they should, as they should, as they right. should. Last last but not least, Chris, we got some indoor track stuff going on. You know, they went to Ridge for the Ridge Day of Middle Distance. They also went to Carney High School for the Hudson County All Star yeah. Qualifier. 
So, Chris, talk to us about what happened in both events. Uh, well, always great to talk about uh, Mr. Caulfield's guys. Again, a powerhouse program. I apologize that they had to go to Kearney High School, but I guess that's just kind of, you know, it has to be something. Yeah, it just it happens sometimes. So, first they went to Ridge for the Ridge Day of Middle Distance. Uh, Jack separately finished fourth in the 800 meter. Rodolfo Sanchez finished third in the 1600. Clanky was 10th. Edwin Clanky was 10th. Alex Schimmel was 15th. And then this week we had the second qualifying series meet uh, for the Hudson County All Star meet. And a lot of guys were already qualified and a lot more punched their ticket this week. As we mentioned last week, uh, we talked about that. There were, it was, what was it, seven, something like that? Six or seven guys uh, that yeah. punched their tickets last week uh, in several key events. Uh, so, you know, yeah, again, to reiterate the rules, top 10 team, top 10 times, pardon me, uh, in each event per gender after the two meets will advance to the all-star meet on March 27th. And only times qua- uh, from the qualifying series are accepted. So here are the qualifiers for the all-star meet in the 55 meter dash. Mark Preto with time of 731. Edwin Clanky was the overall leader in the 800 with a time of 20140 from last week. Uh, Jack Separately, 202.10 from last week. Rodolfo Sanchez, 204.18 last week. And Pat McCabe, 209.53, winner this week. In 1600, Alex Schimmel, overall leader with a time of 447.49 from last week. Jack Separately, 447.89 last week. Brandon Schimmel, 502.39. And Pat McCabe, 506.28 from last week. In the 3200, Rodolfo Sanchez, the overall leader with a time of 955.70 from last week. Edwin Clanky. 10.07.42 from last week. Alex Schimmel, 10.27.18 from last week. Jack Glynn, 10.32.01 from last week. Brandon Schimmel, 10.35.75 from last week. Richard Harrington, 10.45.09. Taryn Moran, 10.49.60. And the 55-meter hurdles, Mark Preto again, doing well in that event, 9.17. Uh, the shot put relay, Owen Fletcher, the overall leader with 42 points. Eric Perez, 33. Nick Giappello, 32. Uh, so the all-star meet, the last meet. So if we get some first place finishes, we'll get some nice county titles back to Broderville. It'd be nice to get some more success into what has been a very successful program under Coach Caulfield. So shout out, shout out to the, the swimming, indoor track, and wrestling program. So for a very, very nice job this week. Hopefully we can continue this into next week. And the Magic of the Week feature, wrestling facing off against Bayonne at the barn on Monday. And for those of you who wanted to watch the live stream for the last matchup, we, again, I apologize. A lot of technolo- technological issues with that. So shout out to Pat Lanny for the updates on that since he was at the barn. Um, we hope the live stream will work this time. So again, be sure you are following at SPP Athletics on Twitter for the link. Then they travel to take on number 20 CBA on Saturday at 11 a.m. And since it's at CBA, they will have their own live stream link. So, again, tune into the SPPFLEX account for the live coverage there. Swimming will compete in its final meet against number 11 Bergen Catholic, as we mentioned, at Jay's favorite pace, the Yanatelli Center at SPU. That's a 5 o'clock start. So, for the live stream there, follow the St. Peter's Prep Aquatics page on Facebook for the live stream. And last but not least, as Chris has mentioned, Indoor Track will compete in the Hudson County All-Star Meet on Saturday at 9 a.m. from Lincoln Park. And as always, make sure you check out the Hudson County League website for any updates. 
and we're going to wish all the prep athletes good luck this week. Let's hope for another successful week. Well, that, that that's about that's about all, folks. Thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode. Be sure to spread the word of the State of Marauders podcast, as always, by sharing our social media profile at SOT Marauders to everyone you know, and continue to check them out for all of your latest updates. Before we bid adieu, we're going to present to you again this week's edition of the AD's Corner. This is Rich Hansen, Preps Athletic Director. Tune in to my segment on the State of Marauders podcast, the Athletic Director's Corner for all things prep athletics. Insights, updates, scoops coming your way. Welcome to the AD's Corner, sponsored by the Tona Bene Group. They provide leadership solutions for nonprofit organizations as well as professional fundraising, executive solutions, and sales for New Jersey businesses. For more information, call 201-932-0100 today. That's 201-932-0100. Hello, everyone. I am Renato Rodriguez once again, and I am joined by the current athletic director, Rich Hansen. And Rich, how are you feeling this week, buddy? feel great. I'm excited about the week ahead and uh, getting started with uh, spring sports. And this has been a great, great week for prep sports as a whole. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, we brought in senior captains Jake Pereira and Casey Trebna of the hockey team this week to talk about how they feel about their season overall. And I know we've talked ad nauseum about the hockey squad, but but what are your current thoughts about them as they finish this season and are now looking forward to the 2021-2022 season? Well, as I've said a bunch of times on your show, you know, the hockey team was fairly young. Those guys did a great job of leading a young group, um, you know, Jake and Case. And I think that they uh, they really did a, a, a really good job of keeping things together. It was a difficult, difficult season, obviously. But I think everybody, you know, before the year began, didn't give hockey much of a chance of, of, uh, of finishing up. And uh, they, they played every game. You know, we didn't have a pause. The kids did a great job with protocols. I think from a skill set, you know, you're always we're always looking to retool. And I think that coaching staff and I will sit down over the next couple of weeks and um, you know reevaluate where we're at and and uh, try to try to put some uh, protocols in place to uh, improve on every front. That's that's what postseason for. Whether you win a championship or you win two games or three games, you know, you want to be, really be in a position to always be looking to get better. And that's what the process is about with the staff. So I'm excited. You know, Coach Dutch is extremely organized and he's he's uh, very communicative with me throughout the year, especially this year with what was going on. And he wants to get better and he wants to be good. And he's got to make some decisions uh, relative to the program. And we'll, we'll go from there. And... Let's, let's talk about some of the current sports that are out there. We got the wrestling program. They got out to a great start. They defeated West Excess on Saturday, 37-18. So talk to us about how they got that victory, and, and what are you looking forward to seeing from them as they take on Bayonne and CBA this week? Yeah, I, again, I think wrestling's fairly young. I was really impressed with how we competed in the upper weights yesterday. Um, young there, but those guys really did a great job in uh, 
you know, our middle, our middle and lower weights are strong. You know, Felix did a great job, and and uh, Sean did a great job of leading us. And I think that uh, this this team is going to be exciting. I think they're going to compete hard, and just hope that we can we can get a bunch of matches under our belt. You know, wrestling is going to be one of the other tough sports with COVID. So uh, the protocols are being followed. Uh, kids are really training hard. I've been uh, basically get up to peak at practice every day since the wrestling room is right above my office. But there you are. I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to uh, see us, especially against some of the, the better competition. So, and West Essex is a really good program. So it was a good win for us. Right. And swimming continues to break records. They had two victories this week, both against top 20 opponents. They first knocked off number 10, St. Joe's Metuchen, 91 to 79, in which Kenneth Whitworth broke a 10 year school record and the 100 freestyle. And, and then yeah. in the next meet, Henry Brown breaks the 50 freestyle record when the Marauders defeated number 20, Del Barton, 92 to 78. They are now 9 and 0, heading into this final week for them as they yep. take on Bergen Catholic. So, so what are your thoughts on the swim team? How, how proud are you of them this year? Oh, man. You know, we talked before the year and we were just, the only bad part of this is that we're not going to see a, a, a regular season. You know, it's a condensed year, but to be 9 and 0. These two wins were, this was as good a week as we've had in swimming in a long time. And we've had great weeks because the swim program is, you know, very, very competitive. But this is the one I've been talking about. You know, Bergen has a good reputation. They're also ranked top 20. This is Friday is is a great opportunity for us to put an exclamation point on the season. And these guys have worked really hard at it. And Coach Imus and his staff are really confident. So this is going to be a fun week. And it's a great way to end the week and start the weekend. If we can get a W and we'll finish the season undefeated, it'd be unbelievable. Right, I, I'm, I'm, ho I'm hoping, and praying, hoping, and praying we get that undefeated season. That'd be fantastic for them. Absolutely. Indoor track had another great display. They had the second qualifying series for the Hudson County All Star Meet this week. A bunch of guys qualified for the meet, and we even had some of our top guys competing in the Ridge Day of Middle Distance. So they, they were doing great over there as well. Yeah, yeah, and and kudos to the coaching staff, and uh, you know, for a couple reasons. One. Uh, you know, Coach McCann uh, fell ill a few weeks ago, and we wish him all the best. But his expertise uh, goes on with us while he's uh, recovering. But Coach Caulfield and staff have done an amazing job. And proof proof was in the pudding this week when we had some kids, you know, have to sit out because of COVID. It wasn't the entire team because Coach has uh, done a great job of implementing our, our working groups. So... We were able to continue, and they did really, really well. And, and that, that's about providing opportunity for kids through the process, right? If our whole team was down because we were just practicing as a team and, and, and protocols weren't followed, it, it would have been a shame. But Coach did a great job of staying with it and enabled us to continue to go, continue to compete, and they did a really great job last weekend. And after this week, we're only going to have wrestling to talk about on the podcast. Until you met, like you mentioned, we're going to reach the start of the sport, spring sports season, which on the official sports calendar starts off with baseball, volleyball, and lacrosse, all with the home openers on April 19th. We're going to preview those teams in the coming weeks. But, but what are your expectations yeah. overall for the spring programs? Well, I got pitchers and catchers this week and tennis this week. I think volleyball is going to be really strong. I think baseball has got a chance to be very strong. Tennis is always competitive, and we've added some really, really interesting matches to the tennis schedule, uh, independent matches. So 
you know, lacrosse is is, uh, is what I'm I'm really curious to take a look at. I've I've watched those guys training. I've watched them working out. They got they got the COVID pause out of the way early this week, so uh, they're they're quarantined. They'll they'll shut it down till April 1st, and then um and then start up. So it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting spring. I think baseball, like I said, baseball, volleyball will lead the way, and hopefully tennis, golf, and uh, crew. Can 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 do a really good job with it. And lacrosse is going to be uh, going to be the interesting one to watch because we were very young last year. Should make a should make a good jump and improvement this year. And, and I'm I'm intrigued for for the lacrosse team as well. I know a bunch of guys on that team. I know that they're hungry and that they're ready to compete this year. So ho- hopefully they they we have a, a improvement season from last year. That's for sure. Absolutely, that's the expectation, no doubt. So that was legendary head coach and current athletic director, Rich Hansen. Rich, thank you once again for coming on this week's episode of the podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, Renato. Go prep. Thank you, Rich, for your insights and analysis on all things Marauders. See you all next week. And as always, let's go prep. Hi, this is bowling coach Carmela Schlitzer, and you are listening to the State of the Marauders podcast, sponsored by D1 Media Pro the number one live stream in the state for high school sports.